Hello and welcome to the third edition of the Spool Podcast, which we're contemplating calling the Spodcast. That'd be SP with four O's just for branding, but we have to talk to legal just to see if uh, if we're allowed to do that. Anyway, yeah. my name is Nigel. Hi, I'm Park. And uh, here we are. So this month is a pretty special month. We're a little bit earlier in the month coming to you. That's because on Sunday we all have a big old party and it's called the Academy Awards. So we're going to be uh, previewing them a little bit, then doing our usual thing of looking back at the month that just was and then looking ahead to the month of cinema that is to come. So, Porke, you are going to lead this bit about the Oscars. What's uh... Yeah, everybody loves the Oscars, but we certainly do anyway. They're a bit... The films never really get nominated that you want to win. For example, The Master isn't really top of anyone's lists here. And I thought it was the best film last year, but Nigel's pick more. It's uh, could possibly make history and win the best film. Argo, you no. mean. What do you mean, more? Oh, as in because of foreign language? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Ar- as well, Argo will be making a little bit of history of mm-hmm. it, a recent history of its own, um, if it wins, because it has a nomination for Best Picture, but doesn't have the nomination for Best Director. For best director yeah. Poor Ben Affleck left out in the cold. But I think we were talking about this the other day. It probably has worked in his favor a little bit because everyone's felt a bit sorry for poor old Ben. Yeah. And he's like, since the Oscar nominations came out and everybody was a bit like, oh, he's got snubbed. And he has pretty much won every award since. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I kind of like the Academy to stick to their guns and give him the two fingers and not give him the award. And because he's not nominated for director. And I think I've worked it out. I may be wrong. That since they've started having more, like there's nine films for best film. And since they've started doing that, film and director have always been the same. Hand in hand. I think so. Yeah. I, we, it wasn't a crash in Brokeback Mountain the last mm-hmm. time, maybe. Yeah. And what would that be? 2003, four. Yeah, and then I think they started doing that after the Dark Knight. I think was was yeah. they were like, oh no, we got to get the kids in. So so. Uh, so that's how that works. So yeah, I mean, it has it. Argo has gone on this amazing thing, and incidentally, we'll add that that little bit of music that you hear in the background um, is uh, is music from the soundtrack of uh, of Argo, yeah. which is very dramatic. So um, it's all other th- kind of film ones. You've got Life of Pi. Don't really. Do we, think will so. we, maybe we'll let yeah. uh, the two people who announced it back uh, at the end of oh, January yeah. announce it. So our good friends, uh, friends of Spool, Emma Stone and Seth MacFarlane have uh, are on hand. Yeah. And finally, we are pleased to announce that the film selected as the best picture nominees for 2012 are Beasts of the Southern Wild, Dan Janvey, Josh Penn, and Michael Gottwald, producers. Silver Linings Playbook. Donna Gelati, Bruce Cohen, and Jonathan Gordon, producers. Zero Dark Thirty, Mark Bull, Catherine Bigelow, and Megan Ellison, producers. Lincoln, Steven Spielberg, and Kathleen Kennedy, producers. Les Miserables, Tim Bevan, Eric Fellner, Deborah Hayward, and Cameron McIntosh, producers. Life of Pi, Gil Netter, Ang Lee, and David Womark, producers. Amour, nominees to be determined. Django Unchained, Stacey Scher, Reginald Hudlin, and Pilar Savone, producers. And Argo, Grant Heslov, Ben Affleck, and George Clooney, producers. They sound great, don't they? Yeah, there's a lot of, like the whole nine thing instead of five is obviously just a marketing ploy. Like you could pretty much disregard, I'd say, Life of Pi, Beasts of the Southern Wild, hopefully you could disregard that. Django, no, like everybody does think it is going to be Argo. Like, it'll be a surprise, I think, if it is an yeah. Argo. Yeah, I think it's li- Lincoln is about the only thing that could provide yeah, a like competition. Yeah, like, if it's not Argo, you'd go with Lincoln, because then you can have the combo of Steven Spielberg as best director. And and Daniel Day-Lewis Day-Lewis as well. Yeah, it, I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be very interesting, because... Um, 
when you look at director, mm-hmm. so we have Michael Haneke. Um, what's the guy from Beasts of the Southern Wild? What's his name? Uh, ben Zietlin, I think. Zietlin. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ben Zietlin. And then Ang Lee for Life of Pi, Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg for Lincoln, and David O. Russell for Sil- Silver Linings Playbook. Mm-hmm. So, as we know, the people, the big story out of that was that uh, Quentin Tarantino, Ben Affleck, and Catherine Bigelow were all left out of that director yeah. thing. So, I think with it, it's going to be very interesting. Like, you'd imagine Steven Spielberg, but then mm-hmm. from a directorial point of view, I think the achievement I didn't really like Life of Pi that much yeah. but I think the the achievement of bringing it to the screen you have to kind of credit so mm-hmm. my dark horse there would nearly be Ang Lee with Steven Spielberg my front they could maybe though. give the director Tanaka though because while he won't win the best film he's also nominated for the best foreign language film and they and they do I mean I, as far as I know the director one is voted for by directors mm-hmm. rather than just every member of the academy so you and I as uh, Oscar winners from the 1970s you may yeah. not have known that but we were extras in uh, the French Connection 2 yeah. and um, we, we drove cars and so we were both nominated for Pork was Best Supporting Actor and I was Best Supporting Actress and we both won actually good yeah. times so yeah. as members of of the Academy we will get to vote um, but I don't think we get to vote for directors or no it's so, just actor so I don't know it's going to be the real I, I'm more interested in it like I think Argo mm-hmm. has picture nailed nailed down but then well you could get the combo though with if li- Silver you think, Line and Playbook because you've got director and film and then there's also the added novelty yeah. of all supporting actors and absolutely. actors and actresses absolutely I actually have a bit of trivia for you I think we arranged beforehand oh, yeah. that we do this so yeah. mine is related to Silver Linings Playbook so do okay. you want me to I don't actually think you're going to get it but I, I did go on a little bit of a Wikipedia trail to do this so the question that I have what links Warren Beatty to Silver Linings Playbook oh I do know it's at this year Red's Reds, very yeah. good. It's because Reds was the last film yeah. to get nominations in all the categories. I can take it further though. Okay. Um, if you took Reds out of the equation, what links Warren Beatty to Silver Linings Playbook? Uh, he's bipolar. Um, <laughs> oh, um, no. So one of I think it's fourteen films to to get the nomination for Best Actor, be, Best yeah. Actress, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Supporting. Actress, which Silver Linings Playbook has in 1967, Bonnie and Clyde did that. Oh, so Warren okay. Beatty and Faye Dunaway uh, did that, yeah, and also okay. I've one more level. This is right. like a three-stranded uh, bit of trivia. People, I hope everyone's sitting down that's listening. Um, co-star in Bonnie and Clyde was Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway was also one of four multiple nominees for the film Network 1976, which okay. was nominated in yeah. all four acting categories. That's a three-pronged bit of trivia. That's Brilliant. cool, isn't it? So I think we, we Silver Linings Playbook was one of Spool's favourite films yeah. of last year. It was in our top fives and mm-hmm. I think our top tens as well. So we would, you know, it would. I'd love to see it in there um, as yeah, a contender for best picture. Yeah, I wouldn't be disappointed if it won. Absolutely you know. not. No. no. Um, for the actors, well, like Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> is going to win actor. That's <laughs> that's not it. Let's just say... <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunate the- that he... Like, we're delighted. This is the thing. He's wonderful. He's very good in the film. Yeah. It's great. I don't think I could ever say I loved Lincoln as no. a film. Like it's really good, and it, and it's 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 an amazing portrayal, and historically seems very accurate and very interesting. And yeah. for a film that is just dudes sitting around chatting yeah. um, about and it's stuff. a brilliant performance. But there's yeah. also the thing like sometimes with other figures, you're you have nothing to go on though with Lincoln. Yeah. You know, 
because the thing that always annoys me about those biopic ones like the one with uh, Margaret Maggie Thatcher last year the Iron Lady yeah like everybody raved about that performance from Meryl Streep but it was just an impersonation yeah that part, exactly yeah so but anyway Daniel Day-Lewis is going to win that um, yeah. supporting like you feel sorry to go back you feel a bit sorry for Bradley Cooper because I thought that was a good <laughs> performance but there's no way you yeah. know Apparently he's bringing his mother to the Oscars. Oh, he's right? so cute. Mm. Yay, Bradley. Uh, so supporting is pretty interesting. Uh, for the actor, you've got Alan Arkin, Robert De Niro, Philip Seymour Hoffman, which could be interesting, fantastic performance in The Master, Tommy Lee Jones, and Christoph Waltz. Yeah. And Christoph Waltz has won the Golden Globe for this, didn't he? He won the Golden Globe, and I think he got other ones at yeah. maybe the BAFTAs. No, no I'm not. he's won a number of them anyway. Uh-huh. I would have had him... As the favourite. No, actually, I think Tommy Lee Jones... No, Christoph Waltz took... I think they've been split, basically, is yeah. the way to say it. As in, some of them took the Writers Guild and the Screen, mm-hmm. screen um, Actors gave it to Christoph Waltz, I think. But then maybe the Golden Globes awarded Tommy Lee Jones. Or the other way around, anyway. So I yeah. would say it's between the two of them. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'd be as happy to see... Because as we, like both Tommy Lee Jones and Christoph Waltz, well, they're all winners actually, isn't it? This is the oh, this is a yeah, this yeah. is this category where yeah. they're all previous Everyone winners. But I think it's been so long for me, per, like since uh, Robert De Niro. So for me personally, he yeah, it'd be great, be a and pick. it's it's a great performance by him as well in yeah. that film. Yeah, um, and for actress and supporting Amy Adams, I wouldn't mind seeing one at for the Master. But I suppose Anne Hathaway is probably the front runner at the moment. If with, you look at uh, the odds, the if you go on to um, popular bookmakers, um, you will see that she is 50 to 1 on to win. That means because you can't even um, multiply or you can't do a, uh, create doubles or trebles or anything with these bets, yeah. you can only put on singles. So you'd have to put on 50 euro to get one, one euro. back. Wow. So you're getting 51 basically. So it's ridiculous. The same thing with Daniel Day-Lewis. They're on identical, mm-hmm. ridiculously short odds. So Helen Hunt in there too for the sessions, but... Not really. She likely. does get her baps out though, <laughs> and her giant forehead. Uh, like, say, so did you see, you saw the sessions, right? Yeah. Like, I know she was, she was there naked, and it, like yeah. we should really have been. But all I was like, God, her forehead is huge, <laughs> absolutely massive. Like, it's a big high hairline. Well done to Helen Hunt, though. Yeah. Um, Actress is kind of interesting as well, because um, you've got Jessica Chastain, Zero Dark Thirty might be a front runner. Naomi Watts also for The Impossible. Mm. Um, and then you have the youngest, oldest with them, or in Beasts of Southern. What's Wild. the girl from Beasts of Southern Wild? How would you pronounce that? Um, the girl with all the consonants. No, I'm not going to. She's taking all the consonants. Yeah, she's got a Q, a V, a Z, a H, and N. And her serum's Wallace. Yeah, yeah Quavenzani. Uh, oh, okay, I'm cool like that. I know that. So uh, she's meant to be playing Annie, mm-hmm. and she's in uh, the new Steve McQueen film. What's that? Twelve Years a Slave. Oh, okay. She's yeah. in that uh, as well. Yeah. But then Emmanuel Riva was great. Like I, I'd actually be. I, I thought. I actually think any of these could win or mm. would be eligible winners apart from Beasts of Southern Wild. Uh, yeah, it's Quavanzani. a bit of a joke if they give it to her. She'll be the youngest ever to win it. If she it would be it. gas altogether. I think they're not, no one expects her to, but I mean, I would have, like, Emmanuel Riva won the BAFTA, I think, a couple of weeks ago. So, uh-huh. you know, and a lot of American voters would be split between Jennifer Lawrence and Jessica Chastain. So I think Jennifer yeah. Lawrence would be a fr- probably a front runner in my book, but yeah. then I... Wouldn't be surprised to see a big upset that, you know, we could see Hanukkah, you know, if he, he goes in and gets director, then, you know, who knows, maybe they'll yeah. show a bit of love to Emmanuel Riva. So, yeah. 
Uh, finally, then we'll just look at original and adapted screenplay. Original probably looks like Tarantino's for Django. You would think. Um, Zero Dark Thirties in there as well, and Moonrise Kingdom, which would be nice, but you, I can't really see that happening. Yeah, I don't think so. I yeah, I have a feeling Zero Dark Thirty, just because I don't think it's going to win anything else. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. And I don't know. It, Tarantino will be pissed if he doesn't win best. He will, but he'll yeah. probably be drunk, or he'll be like you know, yeah. he'll just be. He was very funny. I think you compared him to he's turning into a bit of an Orson Welles figure mm. in terms of the way he kind of carries himself at these events. Yeah, I was watching a there's there's a great documentary just kind of interviewing the five nominated five directors. They've got it's the Hollywood Reporter. I think. Oh did. yeah, the roundtable thing. Yeah, you'll be able to yeah. find on YouTube. It's really interesting. But he just dominates the whole thing. Yeah, he's so enthusiastic though, and yeah. I mean, I I think yeah, I think I'd have no problem with him. And what do you think about Silverline and Playbook for adapted for David Russell? Um. Yeah, it's a possible one, but um, Argo will kind of be. Okay. I think if I think again, the sympathy vote is going to extend. Go we, get should, a room. we should get a room. I'm telling you, I'm I'm not saying that. I don't think screenplay wise that it's necessarily better than yeah any of the others. But I think it seems to be running away with a lot of the earlier awards and stuff. And yeah. I think if it that sympathy of you know poor Ben. Poor, yeah. poor Ben Affleck let's give him all the awards if we can uh, finally we'll just give a quick shout out to the cinematography uh, because we have some Irish interest well Northern Irish interest uh, Seamus McGarvey from Armagh is up for Anna Creenan which is fantastic oh British interest yeah he's from Armagh <laughs> <laughs> is that near uh, Londonderry so uh, so we need to talk about Kevin he also did the cinematography for four very good Um. So, which was a brilliant film from about two years ago, uh, which we loved. And so, yeah, he's doing that. So hopefully there might be some success there. And finally, for our Oscar wrap up, I will have my trivia question. So who has been nominated twice after their death? Interesting. It was, uh, they were nominated one year and then they were nominated the next year as well. It was in the 50s. Somehow Walt Disney? No. No, in the 50s. I don't know. Uh, James Dean. Oh, James Dean for Giant and, and East of Eden. East of Eden. Wow. Yeah. Very good. So yeah, the Oscars are on Sunday. They're on Sunday. So a what couple time? Of, one o'clock. They're on at about one a.m. on Sky Movies or yeah. scrupulous online streams. Yeah. Depending on where you find it, but Sky Movies anyway. I think it's channel six hundred and one. We used to be able be. to afford Sky Movies, but we'll be we'll be watching. And uh, if you yeah. want to leave some of your own predictions, feel free to tweet them at us, and we'll share them with our many many listeners and uh, everything. We I I think this year we're we're a bit of an authority on the Oscars because went through the list the other day, and I think with the if you take one or two of the foreign language, and which are impossible to have seen, yeah. legitimately unless mm-hmm. we travelled to Canada or uh, where's the other one from. There's another one anyway that's been that has never screened anywhere really outside of its native country. I think, um, but anyway, with the exception of it, and then Mirror Mirror, the one with Julia Roberts, the Snow White story. Oh yeah, yeah, we that's the that. only one. But but yeah. between us, we've seen absolutely everything else, and the shorts, obviously, which are yeah, unfortunately impossible. impossible. Yeah. It's really unfortunate in in the North America they pool together all those shorts and uh, you can go and you get to see screenings of here are this year's Oscar shorts for like the couple of weeks beforehand and it's really fun you get a vested interest in them so there is an there is an Irish uh, interest in one of the short ones I can't remember I could have researched that but uh, yeah I can't is it another Brian Bag production 
I d- no, I think it was one that was an Irish girl produced it. So it came oh, from okay. London. Right. But there's a Pixar one in there, Paperboy, which I think is probably the favourite in the animated one. Yeah. Yes, it was before Wreck-It Ralph. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah that's the yeah. one. So that's nominated for an Oscar. And a Simpsons yeah. one as well in that animated one. Yeah. Maggie Goes to Daycare, which I haven't seen. I don't know how they're even allowed to do yeah. that. Yeah, surely that shouldn't be allowed. It's Yeah, I don't Could know. Could we do an animation? So now we're going to move on to a little bit of a clip from... Uh, the film that just came out last week which we are unanimously uh, in agreement over so we'll just allow this noisy explosive clip to play and see if you can guess what it is So I don't think we need to tell you what that one was. That was I'm on vacation. <laughs> yeah, die, die a good day to die hard. Yippee Mother Russia, or Yippee Kaye, cut. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even get the Mother thing. Fudger. I think is kind of the one, or he revved the accelerator yeah. as he said the words. Um, yeah. So incredibly disappointing. It's to terrible. Be fair. It's really bad. Like our expectations weren't that high, but it is. It's woeful. The story's all over the place. All it is is a series of explosions and bangs. There's no character development at all. Oh, the basic storyline is Bruce Willis <coughs> is trying to find his son. He's decidedly or decided to take an interest in him again. We think the son is like a mercenary type guy working for the bad guys. Of course, he's not. Uh, he's an undercover CIA agent. He's over there in Russia working yeah. for the feds. So yeah. Bruce Willis just hops in a plane, goes to Russia, finds What him. was he planning on doing there? Yeah, I don't like, know. Like, what was it? Was <laughs> it just if he went to the police and it was like, oh, my son is up for murder. He was going. He shot a drug dealer dead in a nightclub. Yeah. But if I go to the police station and just go, hey, I'm actually Jack's dad. Like, is it cool if I just bring him home now? Yeah. Like, it's preposterous. I'll give him a talent off, but he's grand, you know. And I mean, I know these are action films and everything, but and but like if you look at the first I Heart in particular, mm. and I know it gets revered as like you know, oh, it's fantastic. For good reason, but it reason, really, though. really is. If you think about the structure, everything makes sense. There's very few, yeah, like every little thing of like, oh, the police are arriving now, but then like they put out the thing and they, you know, they cut phone lines, power, like yeah, every little thing in that makes sense. Like even he's walking around a building and there's broken glass on the floor, and you're like, that's interesting. But mm. and then you're like, oh my god, but he's barefoot because you know he did the thing where he was making. The balls with his feet earlier yeah. in the film because of the flight and it's absolutely fantastic everything about it is good and that's why when you go to see this and you're like this is the character of John McLean that we yeah, were meant to love he's transformed also into like a James Bond type figure or a superhero mm-hmm. you know he's just jumping about the place doing ridiculous stunts and there's a they've kind of ripped off James Bond I presume they had the film finished maybe before they saw James Bond but there's the bit with the Land Rover Whereas in the, James Bond, the, the, it was the Mercedes the, Land Rover yeah, with that BMW. big Merc badge on the front. Yeah. Oh, uh, so that, that was really stupid. And you're kind of watching. I don't know if it's like you're getting older now, but when you're watching these action films, you're kind of like he's just killed about ten innocent people there yeah. with his rampaging on the motorway. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The special effects are quite bad. At one point, there's a bit where a helicopter explodes as Bruce Willis is jumping out of the building, giving the helicopter the finger. He <laughs> seems to be in mid air. For about 10 seconds. And you're like, why has he suddenly learned how to fly? Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess it's a superhero thing. Yeah. And just, I'm on vacation. Yeah. You wonder, has he been hanging out with Kevin Smith? And he saw Clerks and was like, 
that line I'm not even supposed to be here today he says it about 10 times in the film yeah. I'm on vacation and all this crap with daddy issues as well of of you know why don't you call me dad yeah. John I'm not gonna call you that anymore yeah I feel really bad because the guy who played his son Jai Courtney is this up and coming Australian dude he was in um, Jack Reacher last month as well which was a big disappointment too so yeah. maybe he thought he could have been a bit of a Chris Helmsworth kind of he looks incredibly crossover. Russian though he d- he has that, that big thick neck and everything. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, avoid. Although no, you can't even. It's not quite. Well, I a think dud everyone enough. probably by the time they listen to this or whatever, everybody in Ireland will already will, have seen this or have decided they're not going to see it. So yeah. hopefully they'll have enjoyed the. the so rant. if you're in two minds, don't go see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another film that I think you should see. Um, I think. Uh, is Judd Apatow's uh, fourth directorial effort This is 40 so we'll take a very quick little clip from this first Uh, so this is Albert Brooks who plays uh, Paul Rudd's dad Paul Rudd plays a character called Pete and this is Pete's dad uh, discussing his new family if you like why would you have three kids anyway I mean you're 60 years old you had no money because Claire wanted a baby if we didn't at least try she would have left me she was 45 years old nobody thought it would take the doctor, when we're doing in vitro, is winking at me like, don't worry, don't worry. We were very unlucky. And now we have these three beautiful children. So there we have it. So This Is 40 is, as I said, and the new Judd Apatow film. And I liked it much more than I think a lot of people will have liked it. Um, but I went in there kind of wanting to like it and expecting certain things from it. And it gave me that sort of thing. because. It's, uh sequel to Knocked Up but it's not really the pseudo sequel to Knocked Up which is really weird he seems to create he did this with uh, Get Him to the Greek being a follow up to Forgetting Sarah Marshall where you just kind of pick up on one or two characters and I guess it's it's a, a quick it's good for kind of marketing and a quick let in for people to know Oh, here's a bit of context that yeah. we kind of know about the film. So, if you like this, you love this. Yeah, <laughs> type of thing. You know. Yeah. So again, this is just uh, Judd Apatow has written the film, and he, his real life wife and his two real life daughters play the character of Pete's wife, and his two daughters play his two daughters. Yeah. So it pretty much is this is Judd Apatow's magical I'm life. Surprised Judd Apatow didn't just go whole hog and star in it because it's just so self indulgent it. anyway. Yeah. Why not put yourself in the film? I know, but like Paul Rudd is the man, so I suppose they felt uh, they wanted to to do it. So I don't actually know. You only saw this yesterday. Did you like it, or ha- have you? Th- no, I obviously it's far too long. Yeah, we'll both agree on that. It's two hours and thirteen minutes. You know, the golden rule is ninety That's minutes. Value for money, though. You no. get like two lots of popcorn. You get to spend two. I think you made the point to me when you saw it. It feels a bit like. Uh, like a sitcom yeah like more a, so. a soap. yeah like well yeah. okay go and make a six episode miniseries for hbo yeah. or something because that might be more enjoyable the characters are really bad uh it's not funny there's about three or four ah, there's funny. about three or four good laughs the funniest thing and i did laugh out really loud was when the mother the wife is confronting her worker she's this chinese worker yeah who's addicted to oxycontin that's very funny but then I don't think that's anything to do with Judd Apatow I'd say you're, the actor's pretty he, much improvised this that. is the difficult thing because he really encourages improvisation so you like there's also amazing bits from Melissa McCarthy like her rant in the headmaster bit. yeah that is very good from Bridesmaids exactly but yeah. the thing is you don't really know whether Apatow has written them himself or whether he has just given them this bit of freedom yeah um, to kind of go on a rant or whatever so I enjoyed it because it felt more like a series of little vignettes 
bits and fun little bits and I enjoyed spending time with this family even if they're I don't care if they're not very believable yeah but like, when like, you the watch... whole scenario is ridiculous like that's okay if you don't believe it but then the end of it is so nothing's resolved but they go to a Ryan Adams concert and they have a really good night it's lovely yeah, spoiler it's alerts if you really want to watch it don't listen to the next 10 seconds yeah but she's going to have another kid he's pretty much his company is in the toilet and they're going to get half of what they bought their house for but who cares we're in the pub having a pint with Ryan Adams it's ridiculous end of spoiler but also yeah. Billy Joe from Green Day's in there and Graham Parker and the rumour like it's, it's he probably great. was in that then saw it and then that's what tipped him <laughs> over the edge where he had that meltdown Whoa. on the show and went into rehab poor Billy Joe and then there's the whole thing with Megan Fox where it's really that thing is really weird it's where almost she... like they've done a Michael Bay thing where they just have her in so you can look at her and they don't want to be really sleazy because obviously they'd get criticised for that so they have her hang out with um, the wife for most of the thing but it's still really leery and sleazy and horrible like. mm, she does this kind of take off her, her top at one point and go do you want to feel my breasts they're real no and go on please go do like, it and you're like oh okay but it's ridiculous it's yeah. gas yeah, but it I, turns out she's a prostitute that's how like she makes her the, money yeah, yeah. And you're just, did she not read it and go could I maybe not do something different but this is Megan Fox I think she's incredibly she's a very postmodern actress who's very well aware of uh, of the roles that she wants to do and well aware of her image and uh, stuff so I think it's you know I think this is 40 will go on to be studied in uh, film school for decades um, as how not to make a film as how to it'll be shown to editors well, so will Django Unchained as a Boo. as a thing, <laughs> as in like this is what happens when a director gets to write his own films and just make them as long as he wants, and no one steps in. So we have another two, just a quick look back on from the yeah, because there was actually some good films that did come out this month. There were. Well, we just talked about one. Um, I guess we'll start with uh, a film that we talked about last month as a quick preview. So this is the Chilean uh, nominated. Uh, foreign language entrant into the Oscars so uh, what we'll do actually we'll do something a little bit different here we'll play a little bit of the theme song from it kind of so uh, this is the pop single that the, the film is about the 1988 uh, plebiscite re- referendum in Chile to see if uh, General Pinochet should stay in power or not and uh, this was part of the no campaigns uh, campaign this song here so this is No La Cuero by Isabel Pura. No es anillo que brilla en la mano, no es el príncipe para los gitanos, no es la espada para el mosquetero, no es enigma para el hechicero. No, 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 no me gusta, no, no lo quiero. Um, lovely. So we'll leave that music there in underneath just while we chat about it a little bit. Um, so yeah, we didn't see this together, but um, yeah, I suppose the most striking thing to say about this is the. Well, is the is the the film tape? They had to rebuild these uh, old nineteen eighties and nineteen seventies and nineteen eighties news cameras. So they're three quarter inch uh, Sony U matic magnetic tape. So it looks like the dodgiest. It's in four three ratio. Yeah. So like you, boxy. Bo- boxy, if you like. Yeah. So now and again, this works. It doesn't look um, very cinematic, but no. And, it looks and the four three, yeah, the four three thing. Andrea yeah. Arnold used it for. Um, fish tank and I think she might have done it in Wuthering Heights I'm not too sure and it does create a very squish kind of full frame thing if it's used sometimes but in this it just looks like it's on telly and you're watching it but there is the reason he's not just done that for the crack it's that he can integrate the actual footage from the time in with it to give it a more kind of accurate feel it takes about 10 to 15 minutes to get used to it 
Um, but then once you get into it, you're it's yeah. And Gael Garcia Bernal is the head. We all know him from films like uh, Ito Mama Tambien, Bad Education, and Gillette Beard Shaving Campaign 2011. It yeah. it, it it won a Golden Globe, I think. Um, but he plays kind of a Don Draper style um, ad executive who, like, he works in 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 an ad agency, and they ended up. They end up actually doing the yes and no campaign, so he's up against his, yeah, boss. his boss. That's Pretty, a really interesting dynamic. It's a good kind of yeah, it is. And, and the interplay between the and two we of them is quite fun. And if you're like us and kind of historical Egypts and don't know how this played out, yeah, and um, we won't ruin that. Yeah, but ultimately they they do both end up the company stays intact and they end up working together. Yeah. at the end, mm-hmm. the yes and no side. So it doesn't really matter. Um, how, how it all works out so it's uh, I think it's still in both the IFI and the Lighthouse for a little bit longer I think so and so it's well worth checking out and it's a 40 to 1 outside bet for the foreign language Oscar so if you think Michael Haneke is a gom yeah. and isn't going to win the Oscar then you could or do worse or if you have a gambling problem and like outside bets go for that if you want to make big money throw that in there yeah. um, excellent so one more film to talk about yeah, um, we mentioned it last year because we were lucky enough to see it. It's a documentary called Side by Side, which is kind of hosted or narrated by Keanu Reeves. Uh, he does all the interviews and he's got different... Uh, he's got Martin Scorsese, David Fincher and all these films. Everyone tra- yeah. would be. Absolutely. Anyone who's anyone pretty much yeah. contributes. So we'll just take a little clip here. Is Martin Scorsese, a little excerpt from his interview with Keanu Reeves. I keep thinking of painting. Is it the end of oil painting? Is it the end of... I don't think... I really don't think... I think I think celluloid is still going to be a choice. I, I don't think the fact that you have... You know, painting Polaroid doesn't is take out. 12 people. Painting doesn't take... You know, painting doesn't have the same... True. There's a, it, Financially... You know, exactly. You know what I mean. Painting is like I can well, that, that's that's the problem with the digital in the sense. I mean, a, 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 another aspect I should say, not a problem, but another aspect one has to think that this idea, the image that is digitized, and you think will always be there, and it's cheaper and it's faster. Anything cheaper and faster, it makes sense for the businessman to finance. You know, but the danger, especially I think in our culture, is that a cheaper, faster is consumed, bang, goes away. There's nothing. There's no nourishment. It has to be forced obsolescence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's the danger. Yes, to be cheaper and faster so that it can enable us to enrich a culture rather than just consume it. Yeah, so that was Martin Scorsese. And it's a fantastic documentary. He's basically examining the different take between digital and film. Old yeah, style film. in all levels, basically from concept to like production oh it's processed processed everything. and then right up to projection so because yeah. at first I thought I was like oh this is just going to be about uh, you know video cameras and, and digital cameras and stuff but it's actually so much more because it shows how it's liberated and kind of opened up filmmaking to lots of people mm-hmm. um, yeah it kind of showed you like it didn't need the big studios anymore like anybody could go out and make their film you know even people now have all these cameras and their phone and yeah. it's kind of it'll go full circle maybe eventually yeah um it's just operated so much freedom but the best thing about the documentary is he has got access to absolutely everybody george lucas is in it for ages you know the, the forebear of doom that some people would see as regards film because he was really spearheading the digital and yes he was so ahead of his time you'd wonder how many years he kind of uh, he brought things forward like if he hadn't yeah. done that with okay with episode one and episode two 
like would it have taken you know Even another couple of years for the funding because he was able to say well no this is how my yeah, film he basically is went going to, Sony to be and made it's like, yeah. here we're going to make this camera I want to shoot with it you know deal with it boys yeah and they're like yeah grand and it made a billion but um, yeah and so it is it's very very good um, so side by side is I think it's still in the i5 it might be you might be able to catch it this weekend we'll just give a quick shout out Jed if it's still going on at the moment there's about another week of it left um, we were lucky enough to catch some things. Yeah, it runs until it runs until the same day as the Oscars, so four, oh, okay. four or five days. Yeah, yeah. Um, one we both were able to catch on Sunday morning was a place beyond the pines, and it's coming out in April, is it? It is April twelfth. Yeah, it was so it was a two and a half. I think it's about two and a half hours. So it's the follow up to Blue Valentine, um, from Derek Keenference, who works again with Ryan Gosling and. It's not really like Ryan Gosling is one of I think three main stars in it. Like he's on the poster, yeah. but ultimately, the way the the film is made and the story works, things get cut off, and it's not nothing incredibly dramatic happens. Or but it seems to be grappling with these incredibly moral questions and of how, family and yeah. commitment to like in terms and of stories about father sons. Yeah, like we d- we make jokes about films relying and bring, going back to daddy issues all the time yeah. um, and directors will do it it's an easy way out but this actually as an exploration of what that can actually do to yeah. someone that's brilliant so we should add as well that we were there with uh, producer Colin and um, we're all slightly and the film aired at about 10.30 so there were kind yeah. of a lot of groggy heads in the cinema so um, it could actually be a terrible film yeah, and we will it have just to suited. We'll, it, but we'll have to go see it again. Well, I think we think it's, it's one amazing. of the films of the yeah. year. Absolutely, I think yeah. I, at this early stage, it certainly is. So, yeah. but um, it comes with the caveat that uh, we were really hungover. <laughs> we were a little bit hungover. <laughs> so, producer Colin was the worst. You know, he didn't even have his headphones on yeah. at the time, and he didn't. He was. He only had one boot for some reason. <laughs> yeah. but, mm, anyway. What's wrong with him? Um, so, yeah, that was it. Um, so that's one to look out for in April. But a quick shout out then to... We do a lot of shout outs. Um, mm. So a quick mention, if you like, to two films then that are in March. My pick for March is a very interesting one. So on March 29th, we will finally, finally, 10 months after it was initially meant to come out, get to see G.I. Joe Retaliation. Yay! So this is the follow-up to the first G.I. Joe film, Um so just listen to these credits, okay? The director of Justin Bieber, Never Say Never, Step Up <laughs> 2, and Step Up, sorry, Step Up 2, colon, The Streets. Do you okay. see what they're doing there? Yeah. Step Up 2, The Streets. Very clever. And Step Up 3D. Um, but, okay, so whatever about that, but the writers of Zombieland. It's kind of fun. And uh. Yeah, I know, Zombieland was good. But anyway, what happened was, it was meant to come out last uh, May, and at the end of April, Paramount Pictures, after some test screenings, just completely shelved the whole thing. Yeah. Um, on the pretense of saying, oh, we want to make this into 3D and, you know, work a bit more on international marketing and stuff. But the reality is, and I'm not ruining anything because this is given away in the trailer and it was done um, in G.I. Joe Retaliation, Channing Tatum dies after about 10 minutes. Oh. So they had all these test screenings and everyone's like, uh, we love Channing Tatum. He's that guy from 21 Jump Street and Dear John. Magic Mike. And Well, Magic Mike was hadn't come out yet, but oh, they'd okay. seen the trailer. So yeah. his profile was on the rise and Paramount haven't killed in the first 10 minutes. So hmm. like the film is led then by uh, Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock. But they wanted... So they've put in more scenes. They filmed more to kind of build up the relationship between the two of them. So the idea of the G.I. Joes coming together to fight for Joe? retribution. Is it Channing Tatum? Or uh, Bruce Willis the is Rock? the original... 
G.I. Joe. Of course he is, brilliant. Yeah. Great. Uh, he's on the back of a jeep in the trailer with a machine gun. It's is fantastic. he on vacation in this one? No. I'm on vacation. <laughs> um, so I think it's, it's going to be interesting. In terms of as a story, it comes out on March 29th, which is a week before... Uh, WrestleMania 29, which The Rock is in there with his, he won, he he's defending that, so he hasn't wrestled properly in ten years' time. So it's a master stroke of marketing between the two. So right. uh, I think it's very interesting. The film could be pants, but uh, as a story of production and delays and distribution, it's very interesting. Have you got your tickets for WrestleMania yet? Uh, no, WrestleMania is in uh, New York, and it'd be a bit costly to get to, wouldn't it? Do fund it. I, I we should do a fund it actually. Yeah. No, I won't go. But you'd fund it. I'd give you a tenner. You would fund it. Okay, okay. very good. Do you, have uh, a pick, do you have a pick for... Yeah, my Mar- March pick is Stoker. And it doesn't seem to be based on Bram Stoker, so... Um, yeah, it's from Chan Muk Park. He directed Old Boy, ah, which yeah. is 10 years old. Uh, I remember going to see that with Andrew in the cinema in Cineworld, which I think was UGC at the time. Um, so it's a fantastic film, Old Boy is. So this is getting a lot of buzz around it. It looks incredibly weird. All, uh, all we can see at the moment is the trailer. It stars Nicole Kidman, uh, Matthew Good, and Mia Wachowski. And um, yeah, it's basically Mia's father has died, and then the uncle Matthew Good comes to stay with Nicole Kidman, and it just looks really weird. There's some flashes towards the end where it could be a horror, um, but you know because it's the director of Old Boy, it's not just going to be an ordinary run of the mill thing. So I think it looks one. fantastic. So yeah, I read. So I was excited about it too, but then there was some stuff at Sundance. I think when I think it started uh, premiere there and weirdly divisive reviews as in people were either like this is amazing I love it or huh? Okay. Huh? Yeah. Huh? which is brilliant I love when yeah. a film can do that because it's boring when stuff uh, obviously everyone's like yes yeah, it's, it's pretty good it's pretty good it's pretty good so because um, it has a uh, 5 out of 5s on the poster so unless yeah. they just get them from Twitter users when I was in City <laughs> World yesterday I saw there's some poster for a new Mark Wahlberg Russell Crowe film and yes. it has two five stars on it or four stars Broken City? could be I think so it looks yeah. political or something it's one of these yeah, yeah. He, and Russell d- Crowe has glasses it had two four stars on it the first four stars was from Nuts and the second four stars was from Glamour so the two go to film industry <laughs> they they like, really are yeah so I wouldn't yeah why yeah. can't Spool be on posters yet one day one day we hope to be able up there with Nuts and Glamour yeah um, uh, just a second thing on Stoker to celebrate the fact that it's uh from the director of Old Boy The Lighthouse on the 28th of February is going to be showing Old Boy because uh, it's coming the film itself is coming out on the 1st of March So very good so you can see the infamous I'm eating an octopus yeah live octopus a live octopus and he really did do that very good Um, I'm going to cheat and just say on the 1st of March as well go and see Arbitrage Richard Gere very underrated uh, dude he's in there and there's not a whole like March yeah he got a nomination for a Golden Globe for that or there was a lot of talk about it and you're kind of like what is this film exactly came out donkeys years ago played in the festival as well so some people may have seen it yeah Um, there uh, but I, I like March I guess things have slowed down a little bit now yeah you're kind of because to weird creep slump. into summer craziness now it'll be blockbusters you're spoiled you get about three months of top quality stuff November, December, January yeah um, and then even you know we still had a, f- a fair bit a good month of February um, but yeah we're into a little bit of it the dredges at the moment so get your Netflix uh, account set up and catch up on some of uh, our top films of 2012 yeah maybe. Great. Uh, I guess we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, um, just a quick shout out to keep. You're always full of the shout outs. Yeah, to keep. A, they're not really shout outs because we're not saying hello to anyone. Um, yeah, 
a quick mention to keep an eye on the website because uh, we'll be coming up with some our own second spool awards. We oh, did this last yes. year where we kind of just have some ridiculous categories and uh, yeah, we'll be pr- we'll be publishing them the day after we publish this. So I think Thursday we'll yeah. be seeing this. So uh, we'll yeah. we'll get to see such. Uh, we'll be rewarding the uh, awarding the best facial hair yes. of the year. We're the giving best out to dance the best, run- dance, best dance, dance routine, routine. best yeah. number, yeah. Um, shortest and best cameos, um, best animal performances from the year. So yeah. a little bit of an alternative to the Oscars. So look at the site there tomorrow for that. Yep. And then um, in a week or two as well, we'll be previewing more March films. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. Thanks very much for listening. Don't forget Thanks to... Thanks to Colin again for producing. Producer always. Colin, he's recovered. He's got all his shoes on now. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much. Have a good one. Bye-bye.